Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the Pit of Heresy dungeon, what I think about it. Going to give you my review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now on Say No to Rage. Say no to rage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel. And if you come in, you can take part in these conversations. If I'm not live, you can always click follow. If you're on YouTube, you can hit like and subscribe. That's a great way to support me as well. So Pit of Heresy, the dungeon launched. Uh, brand new dungeon is part of Shadowkeep. And you, I, I think some people are kind of not getting loot. And our theory is to run the new Escalation Protocol like style event that's in Sorrow's Harbor. So just very briefly, like little 10 second tip here for you. Go to the moon and actually run Altars of Sorrow and comp- not complete it but like get to the end and open the chest that seems to be getting in the way of people getting loot so just a little tip we don't know if that's the reason why but you might as well try it people aren't getting loot so if you're watching this video as like oh i'm looking forward to the dungeon maybe do that first just in case because some people weren't getting loot and that seemed to be the fix so i want to talk about the dungeon itself then i want to talk about the encounters then i want to end by talking about the loot Overall, I think it's great, but I do think there's some there's some aspects of it that seem lacking. Uh, there's some aspects of it that seem lacking, and I want to lean into talking about those things. So I would say the 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 dungeon itself is one of the best pieces of content in Shadowkeep. It's really really enjoyable. So I want to start there. It is massive in scale. It's really fun to feel that sense of size to the areas. You know, the, the the first initial like you're traveling down. It takes forever to get down there. And then the first area is just so big and open. The design's incredible. The art direction is just fantastic. It's more of that kind of like the ship that I have right now. The the Crimson Keep. It's got that feel and it's crazy if you think think about it that all this stuff is underneath like the surface we just go down 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 i love that feeling i love that that sense of of scale and size whenever they do content like that in destiny i think it's really really uh enjoyable and I would say this is somewhere that people might land differently on this. We don't know if they're going to do any difficulty spectrum with the content, but the 940 power level makes the encounters manageable for most most hardcore players. This is this is a lot more accessible than a lot of us thought it was going to land. I thought the content was going to be 980 out of the gate. I thought they were going to be like, nope, it's aspirational right out of the gate. 980 like the nightfalls and the nightmare hunts so being 940 i actually praise them for that i I, there are going to be people that disagree with me on that they're gonna be like oh it should have been harder it should have been more difficult let's maybe wait on that criticism and 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 see if there are more difficulties coming because i think people maybe even data mined and south there there, there seems like there might be more difficulty spectrums coming even if there's not i kind of like content that is this good looking that is this beautiful that is this fun it needs to be experienced by more people than just the hardcore few that want to run 980 and we we are pretty confident that there are difficulty modes coming so it being more accessible and fun focused I think is cool now if you compare it to the Shattered Throne Shattered Throne was a bit more mysterious and I would say even more challenging the encounters in Shattered Throne actually feel challenging even now when you go in at or above level I think Shattered Throne is probably a little bit more difficult even at, at its core And it was a little bit more mysterious. The puzzle solving in this was very, very low key. It was very basic. It it wasn't that difficult. I am not the the Raid Secrets puzzle solving guy. It's just not something that I typically kind of do. And we figured it out very quickly. But I liked that. I liked there being like a low level puzzle element to it. So you felt that sense of satisfaction that you were kind of like running around and and figuring things out and looking at the symbols. So now let's talk about the encounters. Because I do think... 
they did an excellent job with the encounters. There's only one that I'm going to kind of be a little bit critical of. So the opening encounter, it really adds to the opening statement that I made. The, the, the scale and the size of these environments is phenomenal. I mean, if you if you were to take like a public space like the the Saros Harbor and then turn it on its side and turn it into like a big giant cliff or mountain, that's like the size of the, just the opening encounter. Just massive. I mean, just huge area with all these places for you to drop down. That sense of scope and size and scale as you're falling, you know, as long as you're good with your jumps is really, really enjoyable and then when you get into the different rooms you start figuring out how you're supposed to do damage with the spoiler alert uh, swords you have to get the swords from the guys and you use those swords to engage in the different rooms and it's really really enjoyable really is I I like that element of you got to use the swords to like reflect the beam on the uh, on the the shriekers really really cool it felt fun and the swords different too it has like it, it throws like a bolt like the black talon sword uh, and it's it's really really fun and it's got a ton of ammo and obviously as a warlock I'm just I'm warlock surfing everywhere it was really really fun just f- zipping and flying around this second encounter with the ogres they're chasing you and you're running and you're hiding and there's like these little hidey holes and you're like slamming and then that leads ultimately to like a stand on this and don't die encounter where you're having to go and get the things and slam that adds some really good intensity that likely I think will probably be one of the more challenging encounters for people trying to solo because it's a bit of an endurance test so having to actually go in and and stand on that thing on your own and like going back and forth um, I think it's gonna be one of the one of the probably harder points uh, to solo people are probably going to be using like a Titan with well uh, with a bubble and the big towering barricade or maybe hunters and going invis I would think that'd be where you land or again people were maybe recommending a devour build I could see somebody doing that and maybe using like a machine gun and a sniper to stay healthy at range clear the room and then kind of clear the knights one by one it'll be cool to see the strategies come out for solo but I really really enjoy the ogre encounter it kind of has two phases to it um, the spot after the ogres where you have to destroy the runes or whatever and you gotta go and find the wizards that's probably the one that I don't think is very good It's there's nothing really exciting going on environmentally, really cool the big swinging lights you can hear them and they're they're chain you know they're they're lighting up an area and then it gets dark i i like that i like all the spinning spikes but it's just like i don't know the the 45 second res timer if you slip and fall uh obviously buddies are gonna split up uh to get you know to to do it faster and there's no real puzzle element to it like it tells you what runes you need to get but generally you just kind of clear the room that's the only kind of weak encounter in there uh, I did like the giant like Muppet Show wall with all the doors and it had like the big plunging things that come flying out and hit people that, that was that was actually pretty funny I think we have a funny clip hitting Twitch uh, I'm sorry Twitter today from that so that was probably the weakest point of, of the actual um of the dungeon the final boss I absolutely love that fight I think it's really really fun I think he looks phenomenal the flames on him he just looks so neat and then bringing back in the swords and the three different enemy types and it's all close quarters and it's really cramped you know it isn't necessarily like really really challenging it really isn't I actually think the ogre the ogre encounter is a little bit more challenging uh, if you're not paying attention I think we wiped there more often I think we wiped there once and 
the rest of the time we were fine and we never really had issues with the final encounter but it's super fun I just like it it's cool it's fun it's a unique style of like take down his shield then you gotta stay close to him to do damage again they're bringing back that idea that we can't just stand and bake it's gonna be difficult to do and if you wanna just stand in a well and bake him you can but then he's gonna slam that sword and it's really gonna hurt you and if there's exploder thralls nearby he can wipe you we actually that's one time that we did wipe we had exploder thralls in the well next to us and he did the sword slam and between his slam and the fire and the exploder thralls we actually all just got like instant and it was kind of funny i mean it wasn't that frustrating it was it was kind of funny so i really really like the encounters i think they're magnificent i think the design the art style all of it is just super super fun but i do need to talk about the loot I think the loot incentive is the part that's just super lacking. Not, it's not that amazing. It's not. There doesn't seem to be anything that incredible in there. It's like, what? What are we really going for? So let's be clear on what you do get. You do get one pinnacle. You get one pinnacle drop of armor at the end. It's a fully masterworked pinnacle armor drop. It drops at the five one or where you know wherever you are. Okay, so I'm getting nine five ones, and then it's fully masterworked all the way up to 10 and whenever that drops you really really need to pay attention okay you gotta subtract 12 i immediately was like oh the stats are incredible no subtract 12 because it's fully masterworked so it's adding two points to all six stats so there's 12 extra points in your stat total so when i saw 61 i was like whoa 61 with no mods that's really really good i can take that to 71 with a mod no uh (laughs) 61 was actually a really bad roll it was actually a base stat of 49 you have to subtract 12 because they're masterwork they seem to be really bad rolls that seems to be consistent with the dream bane armor the dream bane armor the dream bane armor tends to have low stat rolls and we don't know why we're considering a theory that it's really really easy to grind for armor on the lectern and maybe that's why they don't want the stats to be super super high now outside of that one pinnacle per character per week not a bad material grind it's pretty easy it's pretty easy to beat it once you know what you're doing and you break them down for enhancement prisms and enhancement cores that's not too bad and it's a pinnacle drop so it might hit a piece of armor that you need right it might help you level up it's one more pinnacle source that's nice but then the actual loot pools kind of weird like you're getting lectern guns while you're in there they added the pulse rifle and the pulse rifle has some decent rolls that it can get but there's nothing that spectacular in here and i know people are going to say well the last the last dungeon didn't even have anything okay there's always room for improvement okay let's not look backwards and act like everything's just going to stay exactly as it was oh it's fine because the last dungeon was like that i think this lands in the same lane of criticism that I give to the raid. I give to a lot of the aspirational content. There needs to be a clearer reward structure for these get, you know, for these pieces of content, for these activities. There needs to be a clear like this is why you're going to come run it. They need to go further. They've once again, I think, shortchanged their content by creating something that is beautiful, it's unique, it's fun, it's it's something that you can't experience anywhere else in Destiny. The dungeon has a really, really cool feel, but then once you start analyzing loot incentive, you're like, I I, I don't see a strong loot incentive. Raid is in a kind of similar spot, you know? It's just, and you don't even need to read the run the raid for the, the shotgun. The shotgun comes from the Escalation Protocol style event inside Sorrow's Harbor, and that's going to rotate. There's a sniper and a rocket launcher on the way, one weapon a week, just like EP. Grind it, get the thing every time. That's nice. 
there just doesn't seem to be a strong loot incentive so we are again in one of these areas where it's like really strong content really well designed beautiful content and not a strong reason to run it outside of just a transaction of give me pinnacle gear to maybe bump my level give me pinnacle gear to break down for uh, you know cores I think they miss a huge opportunity here I think curated really really cool unique versions of the lectern weapons should be dropping in the dungeon that would have been a really really good win oh you can make them at the lectern sure but they drop potentially even better inside of the dungeon they're masterwork they're curated maybe they have a unique perk you can't get any other way that type of loot incentive lean into an existing loot loot pool lean into existing things and make them slightly better or slightly more unique or cooler and drop them in the dungeon so i love it it's fun maybe maybe my criticisms will change if these difficulty spectrums land if you start getting into harder difficulty maybe there will be better loot in there i don't know but i don't know somebody in chat is saying this is self-published bungie going forward in my opinion i completely disagree with you i think loot has been poor since before they went self-published loot has been poor and not that strong of a driver for a lot of the aspirational content in destiny up to this point i actually think they've moved the ball further down the field the raid weapons have a better smaller amount of perks that's good and then you also have to consider the raid armor you know it has that cool look and it has that slot i actually think they're moving in the right direction i do think they're moving in the right direction i actually think they're moving away from how bad it has been but they need to go further as always we're going to go to question and answer next if you're listening on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can go to say no to rage.com to watch me live if you're here live right now click follow hang out submit questions as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my review of the Pit of Heresy dungeon. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now uh, using SayNoToRage.com. SayNoToRage.com will bring you right to my channel. And if I'm not live, you can click follow. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also... You can also uh, hit like and subscribe on YouTube. That helps me out as well. And some people were like, why didn't you talk about the Xenophage quest? I'm probably going to do a separate video about that. I haven't done it yet. I also kind of want to wait because the Xenophage kind of seems busted. Like it's not doing a good job. Like maybe there's something wrong with it. We don't actually know. Uh, It's just like doesn't seem like it's worth using. So let's jump into the questions. The first question is from Denton. Denton says, do you think the phantasmal cores being raised to 999 will be of importance down the road as it's side of the intentional grind at the table is something Bungie sees as a popular metric so far in Shadowkeep? Well, I think the reason they did it is they said if people are running that new content, the the the, the altar in Sorrow's Harbor, they're going to end up with a lot of phantasmal fragments and they're going to end up with a lot of phantasmal fragments as, lo- as well as they're running the dungeon. And that's a way to kind of like offload your fragments and you just go buy cores. And they're also not going to, we, we had this discussion this morning. I don't think they're going to raise the cap on fragments because they don't want people AFKing and, and just standing around in Sorrow's Harbor and not helping and just getting free, uh, free fragments. So one of the main things they're trying to do, I think is alleviate that pain of Dude, if you spend a significant amount of time grinding, you know, grinding out this brand new activity and enjoying it, you're going to end up just throwing fragments away. So it's like I told people, 
you know, it's a way of disrupting people from just staying in that lane in AFK. You got to go to the lectern, you got to buy the cores, you know, and while you're doing that, the beauty is you could be running the dungeon, you could be running the, the, the actual activity in Sorrow's Harbor, and then after a while you're like, oh, hey, I got a bunch of cores, I'm going to go make a bunch of guns and try and get the thing that I want. I, I do think they need, and we want to think through this, and I may need to do a video just specifically about the lectern table uh, in general, um, you know, I, I think the lectern table is great, but I think the way we complete the essences is a, is slightly is slightly flawed. You know, going into a strike, going into different places, and that like that's where you basically complete it. I think is a bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I it doesn't it doesn't seem to fit all that well. Uh, it seems like it's a bit it's a bit imbalanced the the way you do it. It I think it would be cool. Oh, I, sh- I was supposed to put this in my video. Shoot, I forgot to put this in my video. It would be really, really cool if you could complete essences while you're in the dungeon. So, think about it like this. You'd get a bunch of cores, you'd buy a bunch of essences, and just doing the dungeon completes them. Kind of like how you get a bunch of guns at the end of X Offensive. I think that'd be like a really cool way to be like, yeah, grind the dungeon even when you don't need anything from it as an extension of the lectern. I'm kind of bummed that I left that out of my video because I feel like that's a decent suggestion to say you can get all these cores and all these fragments from grinding the new event and then when you get them as well from the dungeon, you go get a bunch of the, you know, the cores and then you buy a bunch of essences. So you could literally have an entire armor set of essences. You could have all the weapon essences and just run one dungeon and get them all. Like when you end a, a Vex offensive and you get four weapons, that's like a really cool feeling. I feel like that's something they could consider doing with the dungeon because the essences are just kind of in a weird place right now. It's like, wait, I got, okay, so I got the essence and now the best way for me to do this essence is to go into a nightfall and go to a lost sector or just run around the moon and shoot stuff and open chests. You see what I'm saying? It's a little disruptive and that I think would be a better way of like tying a little bit of a bow on it. You could even consider doing that with the whoops, bump my head with the nine and I'm down I go with the 980 uh, nightmare hunts. You could even consider doing that with the 980 nightmare hunts. Is you can complete like one essence at a time or something by running a nightmare hunt, or maybe it completes the essence that drops from there. So you get the essence of rage from Gaul, and then you can complete the essence of rage just by running Gaul again. I think that would be another really really good thing that they could change because it's like. What, I don't I don't understand like wh- why am I getting this and then I got to go do like really really rudimentary things that could be a way to streamline the lectern tie it up into the nightmare hunts and the dungeon in a much better way in fact that'll I'm probably going to try and make that suggestion maybe in a separate video because I feel like I feel like that's on point maybe just do a video specific to the essence grind uh, and the essence farm um, I missed ZM Baller's two month resub I think welcome back thank you um, I really like the way this shader looks, by the way. I know it makes it look kind of like a Nerf gun, but the fluorescence, the dark fluorescence uh, shader, I think is so cool. Uh, I love the way it makes some of these guns look. Um, <laughs> obviously, not not for forever, just during the event, maybe. I think it's nice. Swift Death says, What dungeon do you think is better, Shatterthrone or Pit of Heresy? I like Pit of Heresy more. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of a bias there. Um because I was in there day one. I missed out on Shattered Throne day one because I was in the hospital, uh, almost dying. 
because uh, of my appendix. <laughs> so I missed out uh, on Shattered Throne. Even after I did Shattered Throne, I didn't find it all that fun. I just didn't like it that much. Um, I think this one's more accessible and just more about being fun. It's not mysterious. It's not super challenging. And I, I don't know. I tend to uh, I tend to enjoy content like that, and I think that it's good that they let the lion's share of the community just kind of enjoy it, because I do I do hope that the difficulty spectrums land, because di- you know the difficulty spectrum in Master uh, Nightmare Hunts and Master Nightfalls. I've not done any Nightfalls, but I really enjoy the 980. Uh, I really <clears throat> I really really enjoy the uh, Master Nightmare Hunts. I think they're really really fun, like maximizing your loadout, synergizing kills and stuff. I think there's something enjoyable about that. There's there's an element that's in Destiny right now that we haven't ever really had before. I think the min-maxing presence in that kind of content is really, really enjoyable, and hopefully similar things can happen with the dungeon, but you better give me a loot incentive. I don't want to beat my head against that wall. If they're going to raise difficulty in, in the dungeon, I would be concerned about the dungeon not having good enough loot incentive, because some of those areas are going to be really, really tough if they raise Power Delta. Next question. Dress uh, Dr. Sprepper. With the dungeon in Shattered Throne seemingly larger dungeons and Whisper Outbreak more on the mini side, what dungeon size do you think the community respond better to and which do you think is best long term? I think from a big picture like principal issue, if they go difficulty spectrum on the Pit of Heresy, I think that's the best approach and there's a couple of reasons why. I think the primary reason why is because all of Destiny needs to exist on a spectrum for casuals to hardcore. Casuals to hardcore is a spectrum that exists in the player base, and I think when you give us nightmare hunts, nightfalls, and even a dungeon at a variety of of difficulties uh, and challenge levels, I think that's great because and the menagerie was sort of the first step in this in this in this direction. Right, the menagerie gave us the ability to you run it. If you're hardcore, you're going to beat it really, really fast. And if you're not hardcore, you can still beat it. You can still run it. And the lectern and the rune table and the nightmare hunts and the dungeon are in a similar lane. If you just want to run it, you don't have to be Johnny Hardcore. You don't have to be Johnny Minmaxer. You can just go in and play and probably beat it. You can get the weapons from the rune table. Obviously, you get them more efficiently if you're grinding the master nightmare hunts really, really quickly. With a really really strong team, but I would say that the way that the way that they've set it up is really really intelligent. So I don't necessarily know if like length of length of dungeon is the question. I think accessibility spectrum is the question. I think it's always better to bank on accessibility on the front end and then hardcore you know depth on the back end I think that creates a really really good engagement structure so that if you're a casual player you don't feel like the content is at arm's length and if you're a hardcore player it doesn't feel trivial and there's a reason to grind you know the the, the, the harder stuff um, the only thing that doesn't really fit with this is raids like I don't think you can do a, you know a Oh, we'll make the raid really easy and really accessible. I do think the raid once at Delta is significantly easier than when you're not at Delta, and that's why having difficulty spectrum return to raids I think would be a really good idea. At the very least, just utilize contest modifier and attach a loot incentive to it. Like, let me go into a raid and have a reason to crank up the difficulty in the Delta, uh, because it is what it was really fun that first week, and as soon as contest modifier goes away. 
I was I, there was a part of me that was a little bit bummed. It was like that would have been fun to try to beat it, you know, with different strategies and different ideas while contest modifier was on. I mean, you basically have 24 hours to experience contest modifier, and then after that, they're just it's not there anymore. And I don't know. I, I think contest modifier has potential. It has a lot of potential to say. You know, we're going to really, really change the flow of the fights. We're going to make it difficult and give, you know, give good loot incentive and give that difficulty spectrum that has been missing. I've been, I've been asking for the, the, the difficulty spectrum from, you know, King's Fall to return, you know, design hard first, then track it down, you know, back down some things to normal. So you have two really solid versions of the raid. And I, re- I really feel like they could have done that. I feel like they could have done that with uh, with Garden of Salvation. You know, you got a lot of times where you're having to go do something or defend a position, and you could add new units, more challenging units, harder, you know, harder, harder enemies or something, where that would become part of the pain point of you standing in your position. And you're like, oh man, this is a lot harder than normal. Like the Light Eater Knights, like the extra knights at Totems, and and different ways that they added pressure quantitatively, but they didn't dr- like they didn't ring you out. Out like a rag with a delta or something so I think there's a lot of potential there and so when I look at dungeons I think the same thing Bungie should always be asking Bungie should always be asking is there a way for us to get spectrum of engagement out of this content is there a way why should they ask that if you're going to be taking the time to develop something then there should be a way for it to be appealing to everybody and I know that's difficult and if you try to appeal to everybody you end up appealing to no one that's something that we've said before but I think difficulty spectrum allows them to actually kind of jump over that shark and create content that does have an appeal to everyone now when you do something free and fun like Haunted Forest right now I mean obviously not everything is going to appeal to hardcores but one of the beauties of this is you can come in here and try and get as far as you can there's a triumph for getting to getting to and beating uh, Wave 9 which we did this morning and it was really really fun we we literally baked the boss and had three seconds left and then we got into the final wave and then once you're in the final wave the timer doesn't matter well not final wave but like once we got to wave nine and that's there for the hardcore players even this kind of has that that spectrum of depth of like if you really really want to take it farther than just the casual player you can if you would like uh and i don't know i think that's i think that's an important facet of the game right now that we have just not had all of Destiny 2, we have not had that. And it's I think it's so good to have it now because it makes so much of the content so fun. And it kind of activated a part of me that, you know, I find kind of exciting to look at Master Nightmare Hunts and say, dude, this is actually fun to optimize. I, 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 I usually didn't like going into hard content, but I really enjoy going in and optimizing Master Nightmare Hunts. I think it's fun. Leviathan Hefe. Uh, have you heard anything about the secret chest under the Xenophage boss room? Uh, my group spent an hour trying to get in with no luck. Could have something to do with the harder difficulties coming to, um, you know, there's harder difficulties coming to the dungeon. It could have something to do with that. There could be some sort of a live event that's going to happen like they did with, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Leopard's tweet. He tweeted, uh, he tweeted when they finally got the diamond to open in Wrath of the Machine, and I was like, doggone it, Lep, why are you making me feel like this? Like, I remember waking up that next morning, rolling over, grabbing my phone, and being like, oh my gosh, they did it! And, like, being so excited to see how and to jump in and to play. Um, so, it, there, there could be... There's a little hole behind some rocks in the ogre maze, and it takes you down below. Oh, there you go. Didn't know that. People on YouTube are going to get me for that one. They're going to be like, this idiot doesn't even know how to get it. Yeah, there you go. It apparently doesn't have anything attached to it. Just a little hole. I've, I've not done it yet. 
Uh, Xenophage trash or bugged? I am really, really hoping it's bugged. Um, the consensus from chat and people that I trust are like, this thing doesn't do anything. There's, you know, there's no crit damage. It doesn't do much damage. It doesn't seem to be very good. Uh, I, it, it, and there's a bug in, in, inside of it. So we're all making the joke about how it's quote unquote bugged. I don't know if it's, if it's like a troll, right? I don't know if it's a troll. Um, cause to me, it'd be really, really weird. Like what if the catalyst takes the bug out of the gun and then all of a sudden it's better. Like that would be like the ultimate, like meta bungee troll give you a gun with a bug in it and be like yeah well it's bugged (laughs) catalyst is coming next week and the difficulty the harder difficulties of the like what if we need to cleanse the gun in the harder difficulties of the dungeon and get the bug out of it and then it becomes a better weapon I mean we're really stretching I, I don't know I don't know if it's intentional I don't know if it was oversight I don't know if it's a gimmick I don't know it, 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 there's a lot of possibilities Bungie creates I mean Bungie doesn't have a great track record of creating exotics that are um, that are always amazing they, they, they have a bit of a track record of creating stuff that is kind of junk um, I don't I, I just I don't know why you would you would do that though I don't know why you would take the time to create the quest, tie it to the new dungeon, and and do that. I think that that would be that's that's a weird that's a weird decision. Okay, uh, to 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 do that. So, Heron plays says with the dungeon. Uh, will the dungeon be around full time? No, it's not going to cycle. They changed that about the Shattered Throne dungeon as well. Uh, they changed that about the Shattered Throne dungeon. They were like, nope, it's not going to go away week to week. Uh, we want it to be always available. Uh, and that was something that they changed. So I, I think it's going to be there uh, all the time. That would be a weird... That'd be a weird thing to like change it for Shattered Throne, but then not for the new one. I think that would be kind of dissonant. So, um, so I would imagine it's, uh, it's going to stay around. They're not going to just suddenly get rid of it. Um, bu- 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 did you ask a second question? No, you didn't. Uh, Lucin says the new exotic weapon Xenophage can't crit. Some people are saying this is a bug. In my opinion, the weapon is really bad right now, but I don't see any way of making it better. Even if it could crit, Izanagi's would still be superior for DPS ammo economy uh, in relation to heavy weapons. So why ever use an exotic heavy? Right. Um, this goes back to something that I know Bungie said at one of their GDC presentations. In one of their GDC presentations, they were they basically said they basically said, you know, um, if we give you power in the present, that limits power in the future. And I think Izanagi's is kind of rearing its head to be just that. Now, this is not the beginning of Lono saying we need to nerf Izanagi, but you just can kind of see the potential problem anytime Bungie gives us something that's really strong um I would say I would say that if Izanagi is a is uses special ammo and and can and can do that much DPS then I would say Xenophage needs to be able to match it because then that would be up to the player and then that would be up to execution of like which do you think is easier which do you think maybe has more utility obviously Izanagi you're probably sitting on it until it's time for damage because you don't want to waste it right it's you need every shot you need every ounce every brick for damage um so i i don't understand why they wouldn't do that right Izanagi's i think is in a fine spot 
you it takes skill the ammo consumption's ex- extreme you miss a shot it really really hurts your ammo economy and ammo efficiency i think Izanagi's is fine but i think if you're going to introduce another weapon that's kind of similar in in style of like oh this is a hard hitting exotic um and like you're like you're saying even if it could hit crits it wouldn't compete i think it should be able to at least match Izanagi's cuz then you would consider actually using it um I don't know if Izanagi's is perfectly balanced. Uh, I would say, um, I would say it might need looked at. But I, I, I've always landed, I've always landed on Izanagi's being like, you have to hit crits, and the ammo consumption's pretty extreme, so it feels fine to me. It doesn't feel like a problem. It doesn't feel like a, oh my gosh, can you believe? You know what I'm saying? You have to hit crits. You've got to master the reload to really maximize DPS. Um, you know, it's 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 not a it's not a grenade launcher dump like a Crown of Sorrows. So, the Izanagi Catalyst might take it over the edge. Yeah, I, again, I don't want to start campaigning for the Izanagi's to get nerfed because at least it requires aim skill and is a very very extreme on ammo consumption. Okay, it's hitting a lot of markers. You you can't just rattle off the shots super easily, and you don't have endless shots like we did with you know Whisper before they nerfed it. You know you just freaking just re- bam 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 bam. That's not how fast Whisper shoots, but you know what I'm saying like endless ammo. Um, you know that got a little absurd. With, you know with Whisper, and they admitted that like Luke was basically all but said we probably shouldn't have brought the Whisper back to the game, uh, and I kind of agree with him. So um, blackout grounded by the way, frick. Um, the uh so and so the way i look at it is it's like i don't i don't want to start campaigning for izanagi being nerfed because if there's going to be a strong weapon that's how it should be you know it's ripping through your ammo it takes skill to aim it it takes skill to time well not necessarily skill but it takes it takes awareness to master that reload thing that you have to do right like it it definitely it definitely hits a lot of markers that i think justifies really really good damage output um but at the same time, that is then your ceiling. Like, that's your ceiling. If, if, if that's how much damage you're going to let somebody output, then that's your ceiling for maximum damage output on an exotic, which means shouldn't then Sleeper, shouldn't then uh, the Xenophage, shouldn't then, I don't know, any, any hard-hitting exotic be able to, if used properly, hit really, really high damage, you know, damage thresholds? Um, well, we almost did 9 by accident. We're at 74%. And we, we got to 8. That's pretty good. Um, using it optimally is intentional. Right, that's what I mean. Like, every every gun, if used if used optimally or just or just used well, Sleeper, um, you know, Xenophage, the 1K Voices, you know, all these guns should, if, if used well, then you should be able to hit pretty good damage ceilings. Um, you should be able to hit pretty good damage ceilings because I think that's one of the dilemmas right now is you suddenly land on oh this is the absolute best and then everything else just gets kind of ignored and I think that's a problem because you you can get to a place where you're just adding stuff that is pretty right if you're constantly giving us power if you're constantly giving us power and that power is like I said power in the present denies power in the future then you're just giving us something pretty that people won't use whether it's xenophage or any other exotic it could be an exotic piece of armor um and we we kind of ran into that with whoa there's like a vacuum cleaner down here 
I didn't realize that. Yeah, something's sucking me. Something's sucking me, chat. <laughs> Tucci. Uh-uh, Tucci, that's enough. Tucci uh, with the next question. Um, I feel like... Oh, I love picking all the stuff up. I'm not going to have time to. Oh, I like to see it all. Frick. Feels like Masterworking Armor is now harder by a factor of five. Are Ascendant Shards a bad idea? Would the Masterwork 10 slot be better served as a third enhancement prisms? I think you're making a false comparison. I, I, I don't think you want to compare Masterworking prior to Shadowkeep to Masterworking now. You're not just Masterworking a, a, a piece of armor. That's that's not what you're doing. You're opening up mod slots, homie. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... It's you're not even masterworking anymore, so we we should probably stop calling it that. You're not. You're increasing its energy. Oh, I guess it says masterwork. I'm an idiot. Sorry. It still says masterwork. They should have called this something else, right? Like you're unlocking. You're basically unlocking mod slots. Now, before when you masterworked armor, what were you actually getting? Like what damage resistance while in your super or something super generic and not that super influential? Like. Come on, I mean, that was that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough. Now you're literally unlock you're literally unlocking slots on on to min max. And as Tucci is saying, you're also bumping all stat values. You're the one who asked the question. You're bumping all stat values by two. You get extra slots. I mean, you get extra points for mod, right? You get twelve more stat points. I don't know, man. I I think it should be slow. It should be a process. It should not be something that you're just whipping up on a weekend. I I, I think it's I think it's actually oh dang it. I thought we fixed the no NPC problem that I had been having. I changed my DNS to Google and I switched my router settings to DMs. Oh, it's there. Everybody's here. Okay. Okay. I was worried. I thought it was going to kick me. I haven't been getting kicked since I did that. I have not been getting kicked nearly as much uh, since I did that. So I'm not getting chocolate coins at a very good turnover rate. Do, what do you get more chocolate coins from? Do you get them from here? Oh, you get them from here. Um, you get five from getting coins collected outside. It's a pretty slow turnover rate of coin. Oh, they might be over here. Hang on. They might be in here. Oh, I got one that dropped okay five per strike man it might be better it might be better to get the coins from strikes then how much candy do we need oh we do need a thousand well we can keep going until we have enough for the gun and then we can pivot to strikes so I know I saw some of the statues in the forest but I we didn't see that many that time Lucian with the next question. Following my first question regarding Xenophage and Izanagis, would you say Izanagis is a problem right now? In my opinion, okay, I, we just talked about this, so I don't want to revisit this subject. I think I think we dealt with Izanagis and does it need nerfed? Is it a problem? I don't want to. I don't want to revisit that one. Hmong, Lono, what can Bungie do to make the dungeon relevant past the pinnacle drops per week? Should the activity be like the Nightfall, continuously grind for first clear? Okay, so drop rate on the loot is low, but it still happens after your first clears. That's definitely uh, that's definitely the case. Also, I do think there needs to be more, and I kind of suggested that some of that in the earlier part of this Q and A, where like you go into the um the when you go into Vex Offensive, and you got four frames ready, and you get four guns. I really, really think it would be cool to go into the dungeon with a bunch of essences and it just automatically completes them. 
I, I don't know. I think that would be really, really cool. I, I think it would. I think that would be fair. I Nope, you don't need to do grenade launcher kills. Nope, you don't need to do activities on the moon and get submachine gun kills. Nope. If you have essences in there, there's an essence cleansing that happens at the end of the dungeon, and it cleanses all essences in your inventory. Boom. That would make the dungeon a great, great tie-in to the lectern. Why? You would grind either nightmare hunts, or you would grind the activity in Sorrow's Harbor and get a ton of cores. Once you had enough cores, you would buy a full armor set worth of essences and every gun and then you'd go run the nightmare you'd go run the, the dungeon and you it all drops at the end or not all drops they all complete and then you go to lectern that would be a dope grind I mean that's a dope grind you just get a bunch of cores from grinding that public area event or you grind the master fall the, the master nightmare hunts like we were doing and then you get enough to buy what is it 14 essences 14 essences people might be like that's crazy do you know how long it would take to save up and buy 14 of those essences though 14 essences is that's multiply that by it's 20 it's 20 of the fragments to get 14 to buy 14 cores so you got to take 14 of them multiply that by the 20 that's 280 fragments if you grind up and you save 20 that many that's totally fine right even if you only do like four at a time you know what i'm saying like every 80 fragments you go buy your four cores you buy your four essences you run the dungeon it drops all the loot why on earth would you not do that when the vex offensive's like here's four guns here's guns along the way here's armor along the way and then you go into the dungeon you're like what the frick like random lectern guns maybe low stat rolls on dreambane armor i don't know there's more difficulty spectrum coming for the dungeon so i don't want to like overshoot my shot here and then they kind of come behind me bungie has a habit of doing that i'm like they need to do this and then like a day later they're like oh we are and i'm like oh frick um so they, they may kind of undercut some of what i'm saying here when those difficulty spectrums land that apparently people have like data mined um so I could, I could see them maybe leaning into some of the things I'm saying, maybe not, but I, I really, I think I might do an actual like separate video on, um, on that specific thing. Like I need to even kind of write this down a video on, uh, essence, essence grind in the dungeon. Um, I also think essences should auto-complete in the in the in the nightmare hunt that they come from. I, I I also think that it should just automatically cleanse it. So, for example, right now we have isolation and rage. Okay, perfect. We have rage. So when you run nightmare hunt rage and gall drops the essence, I think as long as you run it at legend, it auto-completes it at the end. It just cleanses the essence. So you could just stay in there all day, get the essence, cleanse the essence, get the essence, cleanse the essence over and over again. Obviously requires a trip to the lectern to get the gun, but, and then obviously a step up from that cleansing would be the cleansing that happens in the, uh, in the dungeon. So again, I just think some of this stuff, Bungie could, Bungie could watch that suggestion or hear that suggestion on a forum or, or hear me say it and they could nod their head and be like, man, that's a stellar idea. We don't really have time for that. Or we barely had time to even crank this content out. So sometimes I think like the internal logistics of the content itself, like the internal logistics, I do think sometimes is one of the, one of the things that gets 
left by the wayside because they're literally they're literally just trying to give us content like that's what they're just they're just they're just trying to give us content um and i think that they've done a pretty good job giving us content for being self-published and and the limitations on their bandwidth and stuff right now h mongolite what is your take on how the new moon activity has three weapons tied to it while the dungeon only has the pulse um dungeon has the pulse and an exotic quest attached to it let's ignore the the, the xenophage being kind of bad right now let's ignore that uh and there's difficulty spectrum coming so i think we need to kind of hold off i do like that they brought another ep i do i like that they brought another escalation protocol to the game go grind it's crazy fun people are spamming their abilities people are going nuts uh and then you get like a guarantee you get like it seems like you get a guaranteed drop every single time it just seems to drop every single time um i like that they did it but that doesn't mean that I'm I'm not gonna turn and say now hang on a minute what about you know what about the dungeon what about what about this what about that I think that there's a definite room as we've said numerous times today definite room for improvement on the dungeon uh, on how the dungeon's being uh, implemented for loot incentives specifically. T Funk, do you think Bungie should make more dungeons like two dungeons, two more dungeons or one raid? Um. If you gave me a choice between the dun- a dungeon that's like the Pit of Heresy, okay? So you got that that that's that there's that size, okay? And then there's the Eater of Worlds size raid layer. I just really felt like Eater of Worlds was such a waste of time. Um, and I know people don't like when I say this cuz they're like, "Oh, it was such a fun environment. It was such a fun thing." Um Eater of Worlds had two weapons. It had a jumping puzzle, and then it had one room with two encounters, okay? So when I look at the dungeon, the dungeon's massive. It's got four encounters. It's got, you know, it's got a weird loot incentive that we're hoping gets better with time, but honestly, I would say give us dungeons over raid layers. Um, Dungeons land on a larger larger portion of the community because you can three-man them. Uh, so they land on a larger portion of the community, um, and I think for whatever reason, they seem to be able to do more with dungeons with, I don't, they, like, I feel like they cranked out cooler mechanics in this dungeon than even is in Garden of Salvation, right? I don't know. And again, that's subjective. People might be like, nah, the dungeon mechanics suck. The mechanics in Garden of Salvation are way better. I mean, that's fine. But I think if you compare the Garden of Salvation, I'm I'm sorry. I think if you compare the dungeon mechanics to Eater of Worlds, I think the dungeon wins hands down. Um, So, um, it doesn't drop every run. I got nothing on my second run. Oh, people were saying they were getting the shotgun like every single time from, from Fogoth. It seems like if you're full, there's like a really, really super delayed Postmaster send because I got mine way like 20 minutes later uh, at the Postmaster. I don't know if that was just dim being slow or if that was the game being slow. Uh, It could have been a bit of both. I don't know. Uh, Gallerborn, on a scale of dadgummit to dope, how do you like the music in these encounters? Oh, the music was awesome. The music was really, really cool. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed the dungeon, top to bottom. This is the first time I, I've been able to, I feel like I'm being a lot lighter on my criticism. I feel like up to now, I had way more I could criticize. And I do feel like we're getting critical, but I feel like we've got to really, really dig down into content before I can get critical. You know what I'm saying? Like, the raid. 
oh it's awesome it's beautiful it's so good and then we look at it and we're like okay we're like they made some good improvements with respect to raid loot but they didn't go far enough let's dig down in here and and get critical let's make some criticisms but by and large i feel like i'm being more positive about this content than i was even for forsaken which seems weird because forsaken was in many respects quantitatively bigger but i think i was a lot harder on forsaken because leveling sucked infusion sucked um, I, the, the raid loot was was disappointing. I didn't feel like there was any good loot grind. I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm being I'm being a lot uh, a lot nicer this time around. And I think I don't know. I think whenever there's there's good loot grind and combined with satisfying fights, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really would like to put my finger on why exactly. I'm enjoying this content more because I remember people being like, man, Lono Forsaken just came out two weeks ago and you're being really hard on it. You're being a bit of a complainer. You're being a bit of a whiner. And it was like, I felt like what I was drilling down on and and complaining about were, were pretty far reaching problems, uh, that, you know, were affecting a lot of things. And I feel like it's possible that leveling, leveling hurt so much of the weekly ritual that it was hard for me to see the content clearly for forsaken and it really it really shaded a lot of what i saw because that was just such a rhythmic frustration like every week you left you felt frustrated by the leveling during uh during forsaken every week i felt frustrated so it was like i was just harder on that content i think i was more critical also we didn't have vex offensive uh, directional uh, loot intentionality. We didn't have the loot intentionality that we have with the lectern. We had none of that in Forsaken. We got Ada bounties in Black Armory, but Forsaken lacked a lot of loot intentionality. Like, what did, what were you grinding in Forsaken prior to Black Armory? What were you grinding? Because I wasn't grinding for almost anything. I got annoyed with the raid because the drops sucked and the loot wasn't that great, right? And I, you know, I... I feel now I can grind the lectern. I've been grinding. I grind. I was doing the. I was grinding um, the vex offensive weapons. I was chasing. I've been chasing good stat rolls in the raid. There's guns in the raid that I actually want. Uh, nothing spectacular, but I don't know. And I also think maybe Garden of Salvation is a little bit more my my speed. I was is a little bit more my speed. I feel like one of the issues that a lot of us had with last wish was that like last wish was such a time investment and such a slog and the loot the loot reward just didn't seem worth it um i don't know something something about this content has has hooked me way more than i ever felt hooked by uh by forsaken forsaken just never really felt like it landed for me i don't know and then by the time we got to menagerie things were in better place and then it could be my bias here, right? I have a very strong bent and a very strong bias for mindless loops of content that let me chase loot intentionally. I have a really strong bias for that. So it's man, I I, I do think I do think that uh, that this content's just in a better spot. Yeah, I definitely springboarded into a rant off of on a scale of dad gummit to dope. How do you like the music in the encounters? I just, I don't know. I think I, I'm just finding myself being way more positive about uh, this content than I ever was about Forsaken. And it's just interesting too, because like the music was stellar in Last Wish, but like, I just don't have a whole lot of fond memories of that content back like that. You know what I mean? 
Uh, Perunarif. After running the dungeon a few times, I noticed after the first in, uh, completion, you seem to have a chance of getting moon-themed weapons and armor at each chest. Do you think the dungeon could be a way to farm for those pieces and should be oh, raid implement the style as well? If they're going to let us run the dungeon for non-powerfuls, then you should be letting us run the raid for non-powerfuls. I think the argument for non-powerfuls in the raid is getting stronger and stronger with every with every content deliverable. With every content deliverable that they add, there's a, there's a stronger and stronger argument to be like, dude, just let us run the freaking raid for non-powerfuls. Like, I want to go in there. I want to put in the time. Listen, I, 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 I got it. I got it, Bungie. I'll compromise. I'll make you a deal, Bungie, okay? Grinding for non-powerfuls in the raid activates with the first raid challenge. One month in, okay? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. In those initial weeks, we want to slow things down. We want to make it take a little bit of time for people to get god rolls. Fine. I'll cut you a deal. This is my final offer. (laughs) You can unlock non-powerful runs a month after it launches. I think at that point, it's okay to ramp up the intentionality and the ability for people to run over and over again, okay? That's my final offer. I think that would be a very, very good compromise. And that would be a way to rejuvenate people going back into the raid, you know, after a month beyond just the challenge itself, you know? Yeah, clip it and ship it. T-Main. Lono, do you think the harder difficulties of the dungeon will give us more loot? I have no idea, man. I really, really freaking hope there's more than just um, lore about Eris and the statues. That'll be a gigantic bummer if that's the only reason to go in there and play it because it's going to be freaking tough. I think it's going to be tough. Tactical Gibbons. Do you think the lack of unique loot in the dungeon is a hesitation on Bungie's part to keep it from overshadowing the raid? Uh, this is a really good question. I don't think so because the lectern overshadows the raid uh, in a lot of ways. I think um, the guns themselves. I don't know. A lot of intentionality. A lot of a lot of great loot at the lectern. Uh, so I I think that. I think the lectern is already doing that, so I don't know why you wouldn't let the dungeon do that. It's the dungeon. It's it's a three man activity. It's challenging. Um, you know, there's no matchmaking. It's it's aspirational. So I, if that's if that's their thinking, I number one, I don't think that's their thinking. But if it is, I don't agree with that. Doctor Sprepper, how do you feel about quest steps asking us to revisit old content like the Shattered Throne for quest steps? I can only expect them to do the same for the new dungeon. Do you think? Uh, this is pretty standard or irritating I think it's standard but I don't think it's irritating um, this is a this is a huge difference between me and the and I don't know what to call these players I don't know what to call them okay I'm gonna call them um, entitled is just so overused I don't think they're entitled I don't think they're like millennials um, I think I think they are uh un they're unreasonable they are unreasonable uh demanders of new i can't come up with a cool with a cool statement i don't know what to call them basically what these people do is they approach the game with honestly unmeetable expectations that just they're not meetable they, they will not be met something everything needs to be new everything needs to be new don't reuse anything don't reuse a single asset a single planet a single mission a single enemy a single gun frame no it all needs to be new okay so you know we'll we'll call these we'll call these guys you know uh 
we'll call these guys fist fist, uh desk pounders you know they're pounding the desk new 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 you know food 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 they're pounding the desk do not do not use anything okay I don't, I, I cannot, I can never mentally align with people that think this way because I just see how, oh, I don't want to say stupid. I see how foolhardy it is to be like, it should always be new. Nothing, nothing, nothing should ever be reused. Nothing, right? So when you say, is it, is it irritating for them to send us back into old areas or, or, or take us into old places? I'm like, no, I am like the champion of repurposing content. I'm always saying that they should do it. I'm always saying they should do it. It doesn't make sense to me to praise content and be like, this content is so good, right? You praise it and you love it and then be like, but, you know, after six months goes by, I don't ever want to see that content ever again. I don't ever want to do that content again. You know what I mean? So I, I, I kind of feel like you're demanding something that isn't really, it really isn't possible because it's like a it's like a snake eating its tail like just look at the director look at the director and if you're always going to act like once we're sort of done with the planet we move to the next planet and kind of comb over what eventually is going to happen is you're going to run out of space and you're just going to basically be like well we've consumed the entire game there's nothing else we can really do um I mean, we can do some new strikes and some new missions and some new weapons, but like nobody wants to go back to the old planets. Nobody wants to go back to the old strikes, the old loot pools, the old loot activities like Blind Well, Escalation Protocol, Infinite Forest, um, you know, any of those things, the forges, the menagerie. If, if you never allow Bungie to take us back to those places and, re- and repurpose those places or, or find ways to use them, you are the table pounding, you know, child in the room. It's like, new, no, new, no, new, no, never reuse. And it's like, okay, but eventually we're going to run out of... There's only so much they can do, right? I'm on the other end of the table saying I'm cool with leftovers every once in a while, man. Heat that pizza up in the skillet, get it crispy again, put that on a table. Why? Because I like it. It's good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think my younger brother is this way. He, like, won't eat leftovers. (laughs) He, like, won't eat leftovers, right? It's just... It's just... Something that's just something about him. He just doesn't like him. I'm always like, yeah, I'll eat that cold chicken. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll throw down some, some, some cold pizza, or you know, like I said, put it in the skillet, get it, you know, get it, uh, get it going again. Why? Why do I do that? Why do I order a pizza from a place and then say, yeah, I'll, I'll eat that. I'll eat that again. Why? Because I don't suddenly dislike it just because it's old. I'm not like, oh man, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can ever eat pizza from there ever again. Why? Well, I had it once, so it's just like, you know, it's just I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done. You know, and that's just how I am. I'm like, dude, leftovers can be real tasty. You know, let's go. Put it on the table. Let's eat. You know, you eat pizza in a skillet? Yes. Have you ever tried that? Oh, Chad, let me enlighten you. If, if you like cold pizza, have cold pizza. But if you want to reheat your pizza, do it in a skillet. If you do it in a skillet, it crisps the crust so it's not flimsy and you can put a little lid on there and helps melt get the cheese a little melty again ooh yeah come on that's that brings the pizza back to life if you're not a fan of cold pizza that is a great way to re-enjoy your pizza you know do it try that try that bad boy out you know and again that's just how I am, you know. That's just how I am. Like reuse, re try. You know, let's go, let's go around that merry merry go round again. It's good, you know. Uh, 
you have to try that you despise cold pizza yeah that's to me i'm using that logic with the game it's like i liked escalation protocol i liked menagerie i like haunted forest like i like these encounters so when you bring them back i'm not like oh i cannot believe you put this before me what is this day old pizza get this out of here pish posh and i knock it off the table like I like the I like the content like repurposing it and bringing it back. I'm fine with it. it I'm totally fine with it. I'm not like no, it must always be new. It, you know. So if you take me into old areas, you know, if you take me into old areas, old content, you repurpose stuff. I am I'm totally fine with that. Now, if every single time we go into a DLC, we're like, wait, it's just a bunch of strikes we played before. It's just a bunch of guns we've grinded for before. Well, then we can have a conversation about that. We can say, okay, this is a little absurd. This is a little absurd because, you know, we're, we're getting almost nothing new. We can have that conversation. But I think, I think periodically saying... We're going to bolster this season by repurposing Escalation Protocol. We're going to give you a free event that reuses the Infinite Forest and a gun called the Werewolf, you know, the Winter Wolf. And we're going to we're going to use this and we're going to use that. We're going to take you back to to old layers or we're going to take you back to, you know, to old dungeons. I'm just like that's totally fine, you know. I I'm I'm 100% fine with that. That doesn't that doesn't hinder uh, that doesn't hinder my experience uh, whatsoever. In in many respects, I think sometimes we enjoy those things more than we're willing to admit because, man, oh man, it's fun to retread. Do you guys remember, does anybody remember, oh boy, do you remember the quest for the, uh, it was for the Kavastov? That was probably one of my favorite nostalgic moments in Destiny. We went back up to that spot and we looked out and the ghost talked about how we are his we you know he chose us and we were his ghost all those years ago i got like low-key like very like it, it, it was that had an emotional impact on me i was like wow i was like i remember that i'd like going back and looking out over that field and remembering the first time i played destiny and that ghost wakes me up you know, tells me I've been dead for a long time. Like, I, th- th- going back and remembering was really, really cool. I don't know why. Why constantly act like nostalgia is is evil, and they shouldn't use nostalgia to get uh, to, to to get us excited or take us back to places. That's one of my. That's a fond memory I have in D one is that Kavastov mission and the Kavastov as a weapon, the exotic. It sucked. It, <laughs> the gun sucked. <laughs> But going up there, remembering, waking up at the cars, and like that was the that that, that the game changed my life. Like I, I've I've got friends and a and a career, and I've got a community and all these people that I met because of Destiny. Like that was really cool. So I I don't know. I'm I'm I just have a different mindset about that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pound the table and demand that everything be new all the time every time. Sunfire, why uh, do you on the design decisions on Leviathan's breath? Oh, what do I think of the design decisions for the Lion's Breast and the Xenophage? Okay, I've not used either, so I uh, sadly can't really answer these questions too strongly. I do think that the Leviathan's Breath at least has people typically in chat and other places taking up for it and saying it's actually pretty good. There's places where it can be really helpful. I also think they wanted three exotics to have intrinsic uh, champion modifiers. So you've got Overload on the Divinity, you've got Barrier on the Ariana's Vow, and then you have Unstoppable on the Bow. Uh, I think they did that on purpose. They could potentially even say all future exotics will be given an intrinsic champion modifier. That was something we speculated yesterday because of Victor's question. Um, 
but as far as the xenophage it sounds like it's just hot garbage right now and we don't really know why we don't know if there's going to be a quest to fix it if there is if it's supposed to be bad um and it's just like a maybe like a low-key gag kind of a joke like ha 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 it's bugged blah blah like thanks bungie you know it could be something like that you know i i don't know if bungie would do that there could be something in the harder difficulties of the dungeons where we cleanse the gun or something i don't, I don't know a lot of this is just pure speculation uh, that, that could it, none of it. It could be nothing. It could literally just be a weapon that they made that they thought was cool and it ended up being not very cool. Like I don't know. Um, but Leviathan's breath at least seems to have some utility in the game. There, there, there seems to be at least something about it that that could land and could be good. Um, but there could literally be a oh, it's bugged. Ha ha ha. There's a bug in it and we have to cleanse it and get the bug out. I, I don't know. I really, really don't. Um, Bungie would have said something if it was bad on purpose. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. This week in the TWAB, they could say, you know, bug in the system. Could be like the headline, bug in the system. And we could be like, we've noticed some of you think that the that the xenophage is not quite strong enough. Uh, you know, give it time, more will be revealed or something like that. And we'd be like, oh, what's it mean? And then like everybody gets all wound up and then they do an ARG like they did with the Outbreak Prime and we're all like trying to solve it and there's there's secrets in the dungeon and we gotta cleanse the gun and get the, get, get the bug out I don't know I'm just, just I'm just making stuff up right now right I'm just totally uh, making stuff up but I definitely think that there could be something there there could be something there um and no one is saying that every exotic needs to be meta zero nobody is saying that an exotic should be an exotic though I'm not throwing on an exotic heavy because it's cool looking. It needs to be an exotic heavy for frick's sake. I mean, 1K voices, whisper, sleeper, uh, tractor cannon, um, the uh, you know, the Wardcliff coil. You know, these are all exotics that can do really hard hitting things. Darcy, you, you, there shouldn't be a questline exotic in the new dungeon that is just a, a piece of trash. Like, there's got to be something more to it. There must, there must be. Uh, there, there, there must be. Um, 909 enhancement cores. So this is how the 1% live. <laughs> Get out of my chat, you pauper. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I am very Destiny rich. I play a lot, so it's kind of what happens. Denton G. On the subject of those streamers leaving Twitch, do you think people who use Twitch Prime on them will get it back? Weren't they doing something for people that were subbed to Shroud? Like, you got one free sub somewhere else? I thought they were doing that. I don't know if they are. I, somebody showed me that. There was like a there was like a, a screenshot of that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought they were doing something with that. Like, you could uh, you, you could get um, a free sub to anybody if you if you had a sub to Shroud. I don't know if that was something that they were only due. Um, you get your first sub for free to, to Goth on Mixer. I don't really care about anybody getting a free sub on Mixer. We're talking about Twitch Prime. Like, Mixer being nice has nothing to do with Twitch, you know, doing something for the people that are subbed here. Um, I would say... I don't know if they're doing anything, but I know I saw screenshots of people saying, hey, um... If you're sub to Shroud, they're letting you get a free sub to anybody on Twitch right now. I think somebody said that. There was a screenshot of that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, people switch platforms, and somebody's giving testimony in chat. They sub to True Vanguard, and then he switched platforms. So, you know, there's a there's a challenge 
there's a challenge there, right? Somebody can go free agent and you can be like, oh, shoot, you know, I'm very open and honest with you guys. I have no interest in leaving. I could have initiated talks. I did not initiate talks. Uh, we're going to see what 2020 holds for me with Twitch as a platform and, and my and my career. Um, and I will always have that level of transparency with you guys because I would never want somebody to feel like, oh, I just clicked sub and now you're gone. You just told me last week you would never leave. I would never want to do that to you guys. I think it's a hard dance, though. It's a hard line to dance on. These guys don't want to give away things early. You know, they want to kind of hold on to the announcement. Sorry, I'm trying to get my water and not uh, not have too much radio silence on the on the cast. So I I get it. You know, if you just hit if you just hit the button, it can be kind of frustrating. But it's like at the same time, they they have to be. I don't know. They have to be allowed, I think, to kind of hold on to those announcements and not tell you way in advance. I mean, especially if the contracts you know get signed and then a couple days later they're making the announcement you know like a week a week of like oh is he going is he not blah 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 yeah tv is streaming on facebook for the last like i think two months now um sorry i had to take i had to take some ibuprofen i was getting a bit of a headache i don't know why we were laughing pretty hard earlier maybe or something sometimes laughing really hard will give you a headache uh, Sunfire, do you think that since Shadowkeep has been adding difficulty tiers to our Nightfall and Nightmares, Dungeon can, can benefit from a hard mode? I, we've addressed this. It seems that there are difficulty modes coming. Um, not Rivensbane. What do you think of the recent bosses in Destiny? Gameplay-wise, they're solid. Um, somebody has to put their mask back on. I didn't take mine off. Uh, Gameplay-wise, they're solid, but I don't feel... The same excitement when I beat them as when I beat Oryx Gall, for example. I mean, this is this is super subjective. This is super subjective. I, I, I feel like beating the boss in Garden of Salvation is really satisfying. I feel like beating the boss in the dungeon was really satisfying. Um, I didn't care about killing Axis. Axis was a nobody. We don't even know. We didn't even really care about him. Oryx, I don't know if you'll ever top Oryx. I, I just, I think it's really, really hard to, to, to top Oryx um, Oryx was the size of the room he was you know he, he was probably the best antagonist when the, the way he flips back and fades there was a lot that went into just how good uh, Oryx was so if you want my emblem you have to get all of the ghosts on the moon and the last ghost is in the dungeon you gotta buy the little thing the little like ghost thingies from Oryx to find the to find the ghosts what do you recommend for new players after the campaign uh, play what you like you know play what you enjoy uh, a little psycho unrelated but what's your opinion on the quest mission for Leviathan's breath do you think it was a filler mission they gave us as a surprise exotic mission later for no time to explain I've not done it so I don't have any opinions on the on the Leviathan's breath uh, quest big sirs do you think the dungeon this time is built with solo players in mind. Uh, it's quite simpler than Shattered Throne with a squad, and they acknowledge solo play with an emblem. They did they did solo play and solo flawless play was also acknowledged in uh, in Shattered Throne. But oh, that was just a triumph, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they did want to give us a little bit more of like, a, oh yeah, if you solo flawless this, you know, we're going to give you some stuff. And uh, it definitely feels like it's a little bit more accessible for somebody wanting to take a crack at solo. Uh, Viking Frisbee. Do you think the dungeon should always be soloable or should Bungie design encounters to be done with three people? Well, it is, it is, it's designed to be done with three people, uh, but there, 
they're they're giving you an achievement for doing it with um w- w- you know solo flawless that's called that's called the the spectrum i was talking about okay that's spectrum that's you saying oh if i want i can do solo flawless which is really really hard and if you don't you just want to go in with three people it you know and then you can do it that way that's that's completely up to the player uh allevium in the latest update notes bungie notes that the divinity isn't supposed to stack with other buffs and that they will be removing the stacking soon how do you think this will affect its usefulness will it be still be viable i think people will still use it in the right circumstances because you can't always um you can't always stack a buff right you're not always able to stack a buff sometimes you're just trying to take out a nightmare really really quickly or a champion sorry uh so it, it'll stack on a debuff it just won't stack on a buff and I think that right like what we did right there on a boss right that's when you'll probably feel it the most but I think since it's a set since it's a special uh, special ammo weapon um, it is um, it is it is gonna probably get chopped down a slight peg there why use divinity when there's oppressive darkness I don't necessarily know if you understand how these work oppressive darkness is a debuff and this adds a crit spot this is i don't i don't think divinity is in conflict with oppressive darkness my understanding is that oppressive darkness is a debuff and divinity creates a buff it it it's it's creating a crit spot i don't think it i don't think it serves as a debuff maybe i'm wrong um but the damage won't stack but no damage damage buffs won't stack Right now, you can stack a damage buff on top of a debuff, which means you can step outside of a bubble with weapons and shoot something that has been debuffed. You have a buff, and then there's a debuff. Right? Divinity is a debuff as well. Oh, it's bugged right now. It's supposed to register as a debuff. See, it was my understanding when they originally described the gun that it was going to be a buff. It was going to create a crit spot, and then you could shoot that crit spot for a buff, which I guess that is kind of a debuff. It's something you're doing to the enemy to make them take more damage. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, again, that's a good that's a good piece of feedback. If you can always have oppressive darkness grenade uptime, you're just going to throw oppressive darkness grenades. I think the difference is is that divinity um, divinity has got range and it's always available your grenades not where I see divinity still landing I see divinity landing in a nightmare hunt because it's it's just so nice and nightfalls it's so nice to be able to take out those champions you know from really really far away to be able to do what I just did right there you know you're just able to oh, I got you dude no problem and you just you get that debuff on there um, it'd be really cool if you could create a spot on that guy and then you could actually take damage um uh, you have to compare it to tether, right? And I don't think that they want it to be as good as uh, uh, to stack on top of tether or to stack on top of. Um, I think we're glitched. Uh, for it to stack on top of tether and stuff, this happened before last season. Looks like they didn't fix it. I think it's the. This happened when it was the. Um, no, it's over here. It's stuck. Yeah, there's something stuck. Oh, there it is. Yep, this happened. This happened last year. It's the it's it's always the turrets. The turrets get pushed off or something, uh, and then I think you have to wait for a respawn. You can't you can't advance because you can't kill. Oh, there we go. Forest pathway cleared. Somebody got it. 
that was that was a problem last year sometimes like the yeah it was and it was i think it was always the turrets that caused it to happen they would either like spawn in the walls or they would spawn close to an edge and like fall or something like physically fall and then you can't kill them because they fall um yeah i would think divinity would be used in those environments you're not going to use divinity when you're doing like a traditional boss bake um you're not going to use divinity in a traditional boss bake because you're going to be just you're going to probably be relying on tether you're going to be relying on uh on the grenades you know nova hands hey lono Endgame loot still seems lacking. Do you think Bungie's clinging to their endgame loot philosophy, or do you think they're reworking it? I said this morning to somebody, I think it was Schnozberries, after my initial talk, that I think their loot philosophy and their loot structure is actually improving. The limited... So if you look at the pulse rifle that can drop in the dungeon, and then you look at the the guns that can drop in the raid, they've limited all those perk pools to four per lane. And the reason that they've done that is because that limits the amount of like bad rolls you'll get so that's a step in the right direction that that they're not going far enough i will readily admit that i'm not acting like the, the, the problem is solved but they're certainly saying okay when you go up into harder content this loot should be different this loot should have something that makes it a little bit better i don't think they're going far enough but at the very least i think they're moving the ball down the field the, the, as far as like endgame loot being exciting or better, there was literally nothing to make endgame loot for the most part stand apart. I mean, most raid guns could be matched or outpaced by most legendary primaries in the game. So, they're changing that a little bit. They're giving you that reason to go grind and like, hey, if you're in here, you know, the odds of getting a good roll have been increased by the limited perk pool. That's a step in the right direction. The the mods, the raid mods are another step in the right direction. They add uh, they add pretty good power and they allow for a really strong bake on the boss if you use the relay defenders properly. That also is a step in the right direction. You're allowing the players to grind and get stuff and it enables them to beat the bosses faster. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of the slamming plates in Wrath of the Machine. The fact that you can actually, you know, kill the boss quicker if you use a certain thing, you know, a certain mechanic. Uh, you use a certain mechanic, you know, really, really well, you can, you know, beat the boss faster. I like that. And so I think they're moving in the right direction I don't think they're just sitting still if you compare loot this season to loot that we were getting in something like Forsaken I feel like they've gone in a very very good direction they just got a lot further to go the Faz do you think the rewarding sweet cosmetics would be enough incentive if they added higher level difficulties to all pinnacles something like armor glows to show your skill I do think ornamental uh, ornamental sets, u- universal ornamental sets for hard content are, are a needed thing. Um, I would love there to be a harder raid. A harder raid and then part of the incentive to run it would be a universal ornament set that just looked super, super dope and it was obviously inspired by the current way that the raid loot looks. Um, I think that'd be excellent. I do. And I think that, you know, dungeon and other places as well. Now, the dilemma there is Bungie is a business and they might say, we can't start giving away, you know, too much of the pretty stuff. The pretty stuff is is good for uh, the Eververse. You know, we have the art department working on pretty stuff and we want that pretty stuff to be uh, I fell again. Oh no, I didn't. Uh, we want that pretty stuff to be in the Eververse. And 
I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying Bungie may look at it and be like, we don't really have time for that. You know, we don't really have time for that. Nah, they did it with a Leviathan, but it wasn't enough. If I'm going to grind aspirational content for an ornament, it needs to not be like a color glow. It needs to be a freaking ornament. Look at this chess piece that I'm wearing. Okay. That's an ornament. All right. That's an ornament set glowing, moving, animated. It covers the armor. It changes the armor, right? That's an ornament. I'm not talking about a freaking color glow. The Leviathan ornaments were a a joke. (laughs) They were a joke. (laughs) They were not enough. They just, they they were completely poultry in comparison to, you know, the demand of the player. Leviathan prestige was just not super fun either. You know, it had a lot. (laughs) I think it had a lot going against it. Um, Black Wags. What if Zeno is meant to be paired with Divinity uh, for crits and the real power is being withheld? I mean, people could do some tests if they want. I mean, you could try. Somebody run Divinity, somebody run Zeno, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is broken. But then obviously we got to wonder, is that going to be, you know, is that going to be a short-lived victory if it even is a victory because they're about to do something, they're about to lower uh, the way Divinity works. Um I don't know. I, that that could be. You could be onto something. You know, I, I'll I'll say that. You know, you could be onto something. There could be something there. There could be a yeah. You know, if you pair it, it gets crits, and then it create it creates some sort of a uh, a dynamic duo combination thing where you're getting a, an increase in damage that's that's not really seen anywhere else. Um, I don't know. That could be going on. I. I would assume by now, uh, somebody in chat saying it's been done. Uh, Zeno and Divinity is trash. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I was gonna say, I was assuming somebody would have thought to do that. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep going with. There's something else going on. I think there's something else going on. I don't think that they would have. I don't think they would have taken that weapon to the conferences had a physical model of it and like look at this gun it's got a bug in it I don't think would have done all that to launch something that they know is not that impressive I just I really really don't think so uh, I think there's 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 more to the story and it could be tied to the difficulty uh, it could be tied to the difficulty it could be tied uh, to a catalyst it could be tied to a secret an ARG there, there's all there's all sorts of things that could be uh, going on Kinigmatic Echo. You have spoken a good bit about monetization, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on purchasing season ranks for 100 silver per rank. Do you think those ranks should be for sale rather than giving an increase in XP like they do with Valor and Infamy? This was announced prior to the DLC, and I have no problem with it. If someone falls behind uh, and gets to the end of the season, they were on a trip or they had surgery or whatever, and they're like, man, I did not get to max out my book I need 10 more levels this is a bit of a bummer Um, I would say letting them buy 10 levels for $10 or um, holy moly 10 levels for $10 or uh, or 15 levels for $15 um, I'm fine with that I really am if somebody's like dude I like I'm gonna get farmed Um, if someone's like dude I just I just did not have enough time uh, to get this finished and I want to spend the money to finish out the book um, you know, I, I think that's up to the player, and I think leaving that up to the player is reasonable. I think Luke Smith said they were going to do it. And again, if you are, if you get to the end of the season and you need ten levels, then you were barely freaking playing. 
I mean, barely playing. Like, the thing levels up just so easily. Just so easily. Um, You are not playing. You are not grabbing. Whoops. You are not grabbing bounties. You are doing nothing if if you need to level it. The season's not even over yet. You know, and listen, if someone's like, dude, I don't feel like waiting around. I'm going to buy uh, three levels to get that thing, to get the thing that's on there. Like, let, let's say they want to get the last armor piece. Let me, let me, let, let them want to get the ornament or something. And they're like, it'll cost me three bucks. That's up to the player. You know, if they don't want to wait, you know, if they don't want to wait, buying levels for money, pay to win is no good. It's not pay to win. You understand what we're talking about, right? We're talking about this thing. That's not pay to win. There's nothing in here that would be pay to win. It's ornaments, armor, and 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 guns that everybody got. I mean, come on. If you if you try and argue that's pay to win, then I don't I don't have time to discuss it with you because you probably won't understand the words I'm using. Uh, Bub the chicken. I understand it takes a while to get uh, the essences, but I think it's a little too much. What do you think about a limit on the amount of essences? I think the all auto completing is a little extreme. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think the, 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 the time it would take to get the fragments, right? The time it would take to get the fragments and then buy all those and then go run the dungeon. I, I think it's fine. Now, if you want to limit it to a cut, like no more than five or something, I would be okay with that. But if I grind for like, I mean, we did the math, like 280 fragments and I buy that many cores to get that many, you know, essences and then I go run the dungeon, that's totally fine. I I just, I I again think that there are, there are so many barriers in front of you being able to do that. it, It, you can right now get four guns from Vex Offensive, a match-made, easy-peasy, dial-it-in piece of content. You can complete the gun frames, take them in, and get four guns to drop. Meanwhile, the entire time you're in Vex Offensive, guns and armor are also dropping. I don't think letting somebody auto-complete essences in the dungeon is is too much. If you want to limit it, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let you limit it or something, but I would think that there's a significant amount of of stuff in the game that's already being really generous and I think making your dungeon generous would probably be a really really good decision are we missing an ad I I feel like these are the ones that always open these little offshoot ones I guess not I thought I thought when you you beat these it opened up the little like the little altar I must have been uh, I must have been misjudging it also our radar's off so it's hard to know there could be somebody tucked into a corner and he's like, like glitched or something. Turst44, speaking of Black Armory, is there a more efficient way to farm the Black Armory mods? I can't seem to get Rampage spec to save my life. Nope, there's no effective farm. Uh, you just kind of have to wait. And I think, does she sell it from time to time? Or do you just keep buying the things and rolling the dice? Um, I don't think they will do that because the Lectern will be an all-year grind. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. I still, I don't know. I still think that would be an all-year grind, dude. You, how many people do you think are going to be going into the dungeon? It's that's aspirational, right? Maybe let us do that in a harder difficulty version of the dungeon. So then it's like it's it's basically like no, you got to go into like the nine, the nine fifty, nine eighty, whatever, um, and then make you know make people go to the harder content to do it or something. Um, 
the shards and exotic drops that would make it pay to win not huge pay to win but the same nonetheless pay to shortcuts just awful it's not pay to win it is not pay to win there is nothing in there is nothing in the season pass that offers you an advantage in the game like you don't understand pay to win you're just using a term that you think you understand and you don't it's like when the guy kept saying inconceivable in the princess bride like you keep using that word i don't think you think it i don't think it means what you think it means like that's not pay to win pay to win is not something that every single person can grind for in the season pass that's super easy to achieve it is not pay to win you are not buying power you are not buying an advantage you are like literally as wrong as wrong gets it's not pay to win uh Syrian are you concerned with the amount of exotic quests in such rapid succession that we won't get a chance to sit with and appreciate the weapons no I don't think so I mean we're always getting exotics we're always getting weapons to try out we're always getting stuff to do also these weapons a lot of them have like really really unique utility uh, that you're using them for Uh, you know divinity with disruption as well as creating the crit spot Um, you know there there's a lot there that I that I think is is potentially I know people are like oh no they're killing divinity um I don't know if they're killing it I definitely think it's a bummer that it seems like they're weakening it uh but we'll have to wait and see but I don't think them being stacked on top of each other is going to make us get sick of the weapons uh, faster uh hey Lono, do you think the new dungeon see a new dungeon coming out every season uh I don't know they're massive, dude. They're massive. I, th- the dungeon is just absolutely huge. I, I don't I don't see them doing a dungeon every season. I can see them doing another dungeon a year. I mean, Shattered Throne and then this one and then another one. I, I don't think dungeons are gonna are gonna break out of the <clears throat> the yearly the yearly model because they're just they're so big and they're really involved. Um, so I would say one year. I would say that's also the pattern we should expect for raids as well. Uh, SLR Max, could you see raids being replaced by longer dungeons uh, due to not people not enough people raiding? I don't think they're going to say... I don't think they're viewing them in that way. I don't think they're like... They're on a continuum of, well, not enough people are raiding, so hey, raid team, you're building dungeons now. I, I, don't, I don't think that's how Bungie views the content. Um... So I would say no. I don't see them doing that. I think I think that they see dungeons as really unique and cool, uh, aspirational pieces of content that is designed for three people instead of six. And so I think they would continue to lean into that on like a yearly basis. And maybe they're going to try and get more capital out of the development time by doing what has been, um, um, by what what has been you know used by the content to be better you know like well oh we've got this we've got we've got aspirational content and the dungeons are kind of like another piece of aspirational content you know entitled song do you feel that requiring a run and a solo completion uh not solo flaws altogether of the dungeon i'm trying not to die uh because we're at the end for the Harbinger title is excessive. They seem very difficult compared to something like Cursebreaker for me. Sorry, that's the way they set it up. I mean, they have titles, and if you want the titles, you got to run something solo flawless. Do it or don't get the title. I, what do you want me to say? Titles are meant to be like a, a big banner above your player saying, I did 
a ton of things. I did really hard things. Like, if you don't like it, then don't do it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the one who creates titles. I personally think that titles should be, as long as they're not tied to RNG, I think that having them be pretty demanding is fine. Jetboy. Was it just me or was the new dungeon less spooky than Shattered Throne? It's a different feel, different theme, different different way of of, uh, of executing it. There was less mystery. There was less... It didn't, it didn't feel like Shattered Throne. I thought it was fine. It had its own feel, and I really, really like it. I think the dungeon's excellent. I think the Pit of Heresy dungeon is very, very good content. I enjoy it very much. So, if you're here right now and you've enjoyed the interactivity of this, it's like a podcast stream you can listen to. It's family-friendly. Uh, if you're enjoying your stay, remember to click the follow button. That's the little heart button. Uh, it allows you to talk in chat. It allows you to submit questions. So you have to be a follower to do that. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com. If you're here right now, keep watching. We might do some raids or some dungeons. We're going to keep on playing. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.